What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. Steve and I got to talk about powerlifting and powerlifting that recently happened, which makes us happy. Uh, a little bit of break from the previews and recaps that we've done. So we talk about Twitch rivals, uh, Ben Rice and Tyler One's meet that they do on Twitch. We give our opinions, takes on it, uh, what it means for the sport. We also talk about these big primetime local meets that you're seeing. Corrupted Strength Classic, TBS, Carolina Primetime. All these meets are shaping up to be amazing. Stacked rosters. We give our takes on that as well. Six-month review of the USAPL and Powerlifting America. How this um, split might actually have worked for both federations. And they're looks like they're able to coexist. So we give our opinions on that. Uh, we have some international lifting developments in the USAPL, Ashen's doing a meet in South Korea. We give our proposals and ideas on how to make the international lifting work in the USAPL. Uh, untested lifting, not necessarily giving us the hype that we expected, especially with the American Pro being four weeks out. We give our opinions on that, and also we just end the episode off with a little banter between Steve and I uh, going into the anonymous hot takes around two white lights. So, you know, just reviewing the week, what we love to do. Awesome to get back to these shows. Make sure you are subscribing to two white lights on Spotify. Leave a five-star rating. We're also available on Apple podcasts as as well. Leave a five-star rating and review. Subscribe there. Also we're available on YouTube. looks like this would be uploaded onto YouTube. Happy to get back on YouTube. Subscribe on our channel as well and go to twowhitelights.com. You can subscribe there. Subscribe to everything, people. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. Oh, baby, I like it, boy. And as promised, we are here to not do a recap episode. I'm actually pretty happy about that, Steve. Yeah, this is this is the first time we're gonna do one of these episodes since I think our our like New Year's like, like celebration episode where we had all our unofficial co-hosts on. We haven't done just a ramble about different topics in a long time. Yeah, and I'm hoping to get more of those just keeping you up to date with powerlifting and just kind of giving our, you know, takes on powerlifting as we see it unfold. Um, our lives have been dominated by IPF and USAPL Mega Nationals stuff so the aftermath of it we could talk about it and i think these are my favorite episodes where you just kind of talk about the sport maybe upset some people maybe make some people happy who knows but uh yeah i'm excited and the week started off pretty interesting or actually not start off it was about midweek we had ben rice on last year with twitch rivals he talked about that and we were a little bit more warned this time, because I remember last year I was just kind of informed by you while it was happening. And it's like, this is the largest stream powerlifting meet of the year. And I'm like, oh, I had no idea it existed until you told me. So you got a little bit more fair warning this time. And again, you look at the live stream views. It's 
getting more eyes on weightlifting and fitness than a lot of the stuff that's going on in powerlifting right now. Yeah. As of this morning, if I looked, cause it was, it was streamed on Twitch rivals and Tyler's Twitch, which t- Tyler is the one that really is getting this out there. Cause he has like 500, 5 million uh, subscribers. Um, 631,000 views combined. Uh, that probably within the next couple of weeks, we'll get close to a million. That's about where it was last year. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the most uh, watched powerlifting meet in existence. And yes, I mean, if you watch it, it's not a normal powerlifting meet, mm-hmm. um, but it's also probably what appeals to general public more. Um, uh, ben Rice won yet again, because he's definitely the most competitive powerlifter on there. There's actually uh uh, well, Tyler's pretty strong. There was someone else on there that was decently strong too. He was on with Claudio. Who I, is that a pro wrestler? Yes. You kept mentioning him. I Cesaro. figured that must be a pro wrestler. Cesaro is quite, I mean, he goes by Claudio now. Uh, I think the WWE owns rights to his name, uh, Cesaro, which I think was his gimmick name. But yeah, Cesaro, when I saw that, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I tune into it and I see him and Cesaro's. I mean, we're talking about mainstream stuff. That's mainstream right there. Uh, he is an inc- incredibly well-respected wrestler by wrestlers and fans. Like, he really, if you bring up his name, he can't do any wrong. And what what does well-respected wrestler mean? Does that mean, like, they're really good at acting and, like, choreography with their fake moves? What, I, don't, what is res- I, I don't know what respected my means goal, in that community. My goal is for Cesaro to listen to this and beat your ass upon meeting you. Because, <laughs> because yeah, these guys can't would, actually if, kick your ass. If he they listens to this, I will yeah, accept that. I will take a black eye. Yeah, if, I mean, if, he won't do that. He'll the, Actually, I, I implore, if you guys don't know Cesaro, check out his highlights. I'm not a big wrestling watcher anymore. You know, like, once you kind of hit the age of 12 like that stuff doesn't appeal to you as it once did but i appreciate it cesaro is one of the more like the one of the guys you can appreciate just by watching unbelievably athletic pound for pound the strongest human being i've ever seen he does crazy shit like hoist 450 pound men able to put him over his shoulder you know dump him he does feats of strength he's incredible and i saw that i'm like that's a guy immediately recognized and this is going to get a lot more eyes on it because I know a lot of people in the WWE, AEW, they have Twitches too, and they obviously work out, right? Like if you're a wrestler, maybe powerlifting is, was a good base for you. Um, we've seen that with a lot of wrestlers. Like this will continue to grow if that happens. Like potentially you get someone else on there next year who's a WWE wrestler, an athlete, or you know, or someone within powerlifting kind of making that. And that's where I think the value of this Twitch rivals has is not necessarily like the future of powerlifting meets, but more eyes on the actual sport itself. Yeah. And I think simply the the biggest help it could be for powerlifting is Russ needs to get on there because when you watch it, that anyone who watches it, it's not a powerlifting meet. It's, it's different. Like you don't watch this and be, and someone says, I want to get into competitive powerlifting. Yeah. They're likely more going to get into maybe watching the Twitch or following on YouTube or Instagram, the people that were involved in it. That That's what likely is going to happen because the most people watching this are Tyler's fans who are video gamers and or lift just in general, but they're not usually powerlifters. 
And so maybe now they go follow Ben Rice. Maybe now they go follow so-and-so and like they see that then they power lift and they see them competing. And then it starts to kind of create some interest. The person that would be the, who would do the most for kind of bridging that gap would be Russ, not only because of his following, but like the re- Russ is popular for many reasons. One of it is because he's freaking jacked and anyone, whether you power lift or not, if you just got in the gym, if you're uh a mother of three and never lifted in your life, you're going to look at Russ and be like, oh my gosh, she's in amazing shape. He looks like a bodybuilder, which is a compliment to a power lifter yeah. because stereotypical powerlifting to the general public means you're fat, steroided up and probably bald. Yeah. Russ is not what people think of powerlifting. And the more we can have just general population, I have people lift just general population think of Russ and what he looks like as powerlifting the more people are going to want to do it. And so, yeah, I would love to see Russ on there. And fun fact too, apparently Tyler's actually a huge fan of Russ. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know this. I heard through this from some other people. Tyler actually came to 2019 nationals to watch Russ. Um, and we're going to get to this at the end on hot takes. I think Tyler is much like uh, what seemingly a lot of two white lights fans are, are Sean Noriega haters because Tyler apparently hates Sean Noriega because he has a wide stance squat and a high arch and he thinks it's all cheating and garbage. Um, and just absolutely loves Russ. And I guess they talk occasionally. And so, yeah, I yeah. would love to see that happen. Um, I think that would be mutually beneficial for all parties. And obviously it gets Russ in front of 631,000 views and it helps out powerlifting in the sense of like Russ being able to be this, this segue of, of people kind of uh, seeing lifting and then seeing kind of what is competitive powerlifting. Yeah. Actually, if you listen to the episode where I had Russ and Sean on, um, which by the way, that happened once, Sean and Russ were on a podcast together talking to me. Um, they they mentioned a story of Tyler watching the uh, Raw Nationals and him just like his brain melting when he saw Jordan Noriega lift because he's like, what the fuck is this? How is this even lifting? And yeah, um, Russ would be the perfect guy. Oh, he just looks cool. It's not even the jacked part too. He's just a guy who looks cool. People want to look like him. People want to be him. He's a handsome guy. He's got his own gym. If they follow him on Instagram, they go on YouTube. It's like, oh, this is a cool life to live, and other people get interested in it. It's just a simple interest thing that Russ brings, and that would be a good representative. And that's, like what you said, that is the pull or the importance of this. It's a different medium. Powerlifting had a huge boom because of YouTube in 2015, 2016. A little bit before my time in competitive powerlifting, but we know it's there. We've heard the story enough times twitch could be that next thing that gets just more people interested in a particular powerlifter that may get them interested into the sport and also it's an incredible product too we said it last year with ben rice if you look at the twitch stream it's perfect this is what should be the goal competent commentators those people didn't even know powerlifting and they were good at commentating powerlifting they were good at actually giving this basic insight because that's what they're paid to do. They're paid to do these things. It's a professional development of it. And and again, this kind of proves the points where I've been saying a lot of times, people are interested in other people picking up weight. They just are. Twitch finds the interest in it. They find it to be really cool. They find it to be like, oh, this is something we could endorse. And they did it. So for all the people saying there's not enough power, money in powerlifting or powerlifting doesn't have the appeal to reach to a mainstream audience, you're proved wrong here. It does have some sort of appeal. We had 
Dunkin' Donuts, Capital One, Verizon. I, I don't remember all the sponsors just on the bottom there. That's big for just fitness in general. And, yeah, it does prove that powerlifting can get to a mainstream level or a level where there's legitimate money and there's legitimate viewership being bought to the sport. So I did have a hot take, though, which we'll get to the hot takes later uh, from the anonymous one that someone compared it to being better than IPF Worlds and it does more for the sport. That's where you're wrong. Like, no, like this does not do more for the sport. It does more for Twitch and Tyler One's fans and maybe Ben Rice's fans and all the people included. But it, comparing it to IPF Worlds or any national meets is stupid. Just because it gets a lot of views on it doesn't make it better for the sport. It has potential to help the sport a lot, but not as much as a well-produced yeah, we- powerlifting meet. We would have seen powerlifting blow up even more if that was the case over the last two years because this isn't the first one that's happened. It's the third one. Yeah. I mean, this has happened before. So, and yeah, it's great, but I don't I actually don't think it gives much to powerlifting unless no. there is a – not is. It has to be Russ unless Russ can be this person that everyone segues to following because it, it, people are not going to watch and be like, I want to powerlift now. They may say I want to lift weights, but they need someone to follow. And Ben's awesome, but Ben's just, I mean, just frankly, he's not as involved in the powerlifting community anymore. Yeah. Russ is, and that's where it's different, um, where he is, he is the, the, the one that can really bridge that gap more than anyone, but it's super cool to see it again. It sounds like it's continuing to happen. Um, uh, even watching it, it sounded like it was a little bit better planned this time. Like from what I well, from what I heard last time, it sounded like, like some of these people were finding out like a week in advance, they had to all of a sudden peek and do a meet. So this time I think they had a little bit more, uh, advanced notice of when it was happening. Um, they, they obviously are able to get, uh, actual legitimate cameras so that you can see something in better than 480p. Um, that's a really cool thing that other, uh, people in power things should take notice of is that you should have a camera that you can actually see what's happening, yeah. um, with halfway decent quality that, uh, 2017 wasn't better than, um, yeah. if people aren't understanding it, 2017 raw national stream was better quality, uh, video wise than, uh, 2022, 2017, 2018 and 2019. Yeah. We're all better as far yes. as video quality goes as comparatively to this one. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's a lot to learn from it. I think last year too, we kind of also bought up that there's a lot to learn from it. Twitch is a different medium. It brings a different audience. Um, I actually like Twitch a little bit more just to stream things on than YouTube. Um, I think there's pros and cons to both. I just think Twitch, um, I just commentating meets. I've always enjoyed Twitch and I always thought a more educated person would be in the comment section as opposed to YouTube. I think, um, uh, what's the right word? There's a lot of douchebags on uh, YouTube, and the the comment section often gets like just rated with that. But yeah, I I think Twitch rivals can do a lot for the sport. You are absolutely right. It has to be Russ if it's a person like me, like no, or if it's really anyone else, it doesn't really work. Like you need our star face, and our face is Russ without a shadow of a doubt. He is the best person to bring in front of um um another audience and another medium and i think twitch is a potential there for a whole another viewing experience for powerlifting yeah well speaking unless speaking of something else that we've been saying for a while is a big way to grow powerlifting is local primetime meets yep um we've got three coming up uh all three you're going to be commentating I should be commentating two of them. 
we got the Corrupted Strength Classic. We've got Carolina Primetime, and we got the TBS Open. Um, we got some in- rosters being announced. Honestly, two of these meets are are pro meets in reality. Yeah. Like they're not, but they are. Mm-hmm. Like because the fact that we talked about this on the last podcast, the Ubu meets should not have existed. They're not pro meets. Um, these are really doing what those should have done, which is completely fine. And we, we talked about too, I think on the last one that likely next year um, that these type of meets are going to be pro qualifiers, yeah. um, which are awesome. That's going to be a great way to be able to have a pro series that is limited and selective and allows us to only have like three big meets a year, but then have these local primetime meets throughout the year that can cater to these regions that are just stacked. Cause obviously Texas is stacked. Um, the Carolinas is stacked. I would love, I mean, well, Really, uh, Saber up in Virginia is kind of taking care of that region. Um, he doesn't really have a local primetime meet since he doesn't believe in primetime, but I guess the VA Pro kind of takes care of that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, these yeah, these are going to be some big meets. I'm actually looking at the Carolina, the Carolina primetime roster right now, and it's ridiculously stacked. Mm-hmm. Jen Thompson, uh, Celine Crum, uh, Adriana Davis, Jalen Falk, Ariel Patra, Rebecca Nunns, Marcus Adudu, Dominique Roden, Cody Yeager, Keona Peak, Josh Longoria, Brandis Day, Latonia Wise, Saria Harmony Gainer, Metzer, Natalie Richards. We're going to have round four with Natalie and Slade. Oh, man, I just got Andre Easter and Trey Ricard. Yeah. That honestly could be, if, if you had gave me that roster, I said, I could have said that was the VA Pro. Pretty much. Like yeah. I, that, that, that could have been the VA Pro roster. And, and also, especially on, the, especially on the women's side. Oh, the yeah. Women's the women's side is. Stupid stuff. Well, you, I mean, I mean, you get the headline there: Celine first, Natalie four. So that's that's it again. You know, we get to watch that, and it's a clear, pleasurable experience watching that. As far as just you being a spectator of the sport, you being a fan of the sport, it's a head-to-head battle. It's incredibly close, and it's the two best females, or one of the best four females, or two of the best four females. I apologize in the USAPL right now. The the roster is looking more stacked than last year, and that was the meet that took the coveted two white lights local meet of the year award. And they're looking to get better. And this is also the thing that you're seeing that Marshall is trying to find ways to make the meet better year to year. I know Mark is doing that with TBS as well. Um, and the corrupted strength classic too. Like from pe- the the rumblings with talking to people from corrupted is that this meet is going to be the best local meet in history. Um, and I guess on the men's side of that meet, you have some incredible lifters there. And this is kind of the, this is kind of the trend I'm seeing the younger local meet directors who really care about putting on a show are just putting it on their shoulders and kind of like, almost delivering a product that we want to see from the pro series. But as of right now, we're kind of not seeing it. Well, you know why we're seeing it from here? Because it's personal invites and personal attention to the lifters. They are reaching out individually to these lifters to invite them to do these meets. They're giving them the highlights when they sign up to do these meets, consistently promoting them on their social media it's a pretty easy system. It does. I mean, I, that doesn't even take that much effort. It, it, it's just kind of like a no brainer. Lifters like to uh, be catered to. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, going corrupted strength. I'll, I'll write off. Some, obviously, Russ is doing it. 
Uh, Sean Mills, uh, is he doing the open though, or is he doing juniors? He probably signed up for. He probably <laughs> signed up for junior. That was good. I was gonna say he used his last year of eligibility for teen, but he did that to do high school nationals. So, okay. Uh, Jamal <laughs> I Royster. I can't make Ash- that joke. I already used Ashton, it. Marcellus, Dave Wilson, Haley Hunter. Uh, we got Caitlin Barry, Gabby Martinez, David Chan, uh, Lisha Gardner, Michael C., Rondell Hunt. I hope, I don't know how they plan to set this up. I hope they're doing a primetime session. There's enough time where you can talk to them and figure this out and organize it because that's a thing, too. It's like we have these, we have interaction with these meet directors. Like, and that's for you'll be reason. there. You should, you need, you should talk to G and Russ. You're going to yeah, be there. Exactly. I well, I mean, soon, I, that would, the, we that, they have their meetings. That's a must. They got to do a primetime session for the corrupted strength classic. Yeah. Or, I mean, or, or they could do the same thing what they did with the hybrid. I think that actually works too, like a primetime flight. Um, but yeah, there's tons of ways to go about it and they're going to actually sit down and have a meeting and discuss it because that's what they do at these type of meets. Like, I know for TBS, Mark tries to interact with a lot of people and try to get, you know, the best type of meat and see what other ideas he can play with. Same thing with Marshall. I think actually Marshall and Mark talk a lot. Um, and, you know, the people at Corrupted are very in tune with what people, the young population wants in powerlifting. Like they know that and they have it down to a T. I mean, it's not surprising. You have Russ there and he's able to, He's able to bring more eyes to the sport than probably any powerlifter in the world right now. So there's tons there. I mean, any idea that you have, they're going to be listening to it. And what they have is a roster to work with. Like you said, they are delivering hype to it. They are creating highlights. They are trying to make it the most interesting thing uh, in powerlifting. And I think they're doing a great job. Also, I want to mention the Warcat State Championships that are going to happen in August, too. That's going to shape up to be a, a, a pretty good meet there, too. And this is kind of the trend that we're seeing. When you have good meets, when you do Carolina primetime for the first time and it's a hit, and people know it's a hit, people are going to want to do that meet again. They're going to want to do that. They're going to work with that meet director again. Same thing, you know, TBS. We saw last year was a fantastic meet. Warcast continuously had great meets. And they're, they're really trying to blow it out of the water. They're having a strength uh, powerlifting expo, which – that I, I love that idea. People people in Houston, people in Texas want to go do Warcat meets because they know it's awesome. They know it's cool. They know they run damn good meets. People from all over the country want to do Corrupted. People from all over the country are now wanting to do Carolina Primetime. They want to do TBS. This is what happens when you work and you deliver an amazing product. People buy into that product. Yeah, and we're gonna, I'm not going to skip ahead too quick because we're going we're gonna to talk about kind of the, the evolution and what we've seen of USAPL and PA over the last six months and what we think moving forward. But one of the biggest knocks on USAPL are, is like the high level people are going to lead to go to the IPF. And one of the things I'm going to say back is like, I get that. Some people want to be a world champion, but are you, are you going to leave to do like, are people going to be satisfied with having one meet a year mm. versus where these local primetime meets are huge. And that's just the pro series, these meets where you can just go in your backyard and compete for fun is that it allows all of these top level lifters or even the tier two who like, you know what, if the top level people leave tier two probably isn't going anywhere because then they can win the pro series and they're going to be winning these kind of meets and other opportunities to do things like corrupted strength, uh, things like TBS and Carolina primetime and work at open, uh, I mean, that's one of the big reasons. I mean, 
Russ has alluded to saying is it just allows him so much more freedom to expand his brand in the USAPL and do things like Corrupted Strength Classic that no matter what happens, as long as there are meets like this, we're not going to see a mass exodus because there are a lot of people that value these opportunities more than the opportunity of one time a year possibly getting to do IPF Worlds. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm telling people just on my own end, you know, Having a good meet at Nationals, people are asking, you know, why don't you do Powerlifting America? If Russ stays, then you could potentially beat Delaney at Nationals and do Worlds. It's like, I'm not willing to sacrifice. As of right now, even if Russ leaves, even if Sean Noriega leaves and all the guys leave, it's still hard for me to come to grips. I have to sacrifice one year of my powerlifting because I would have a potential to do two meets and with the potential of a third. So I'd have to go Powerlifting America Nationals, which we all saw is a very IPF like meet bare bones, some solid live streaming. Of course, like the live stream was excellent, but that's all you really get. So one meet, I don't even know the local meet I could do. I don't know what local meet that qualifies me for nationals. I might have to go to fucking Florida to do that. And that's already a pain in the ass. Then, okay. What happens if you don't win policy American nationals? which is a hard thing to do. Like it's, it's no easy competition unless you're in the 59 kilo weight class last year. What do you and do then? If you win your weight class, you're not guaranteed anything. Well, well they fixed it. They fixed it because I saw oh, they did. Yeah. I saw the people, oh, okay. I saw the people that we wanted to see. That's why it's not a big talking point. So the people who were, okay, never mind. They won. It looks like they're into the, in, into worlds, which is good to see, but yeah, it's, it's not necessarily this attractive option, then it's like, okay, if you win powerlifting American nationals, you got to go and take a massive flight to Malta. Now, no knock on Malta. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. Just don't know how a powerlifting meet's going to run there. And you have to go win that competition to do Sheffield. Like that is the best case scenario. It's you're sacrificing a lot there. And it's a very difficult road or uh, hill to climb where if I say in the USAPL, I could do Warcat. I could do Nationals. I could do the Arnold. I could do the Virginia Pro. I could do all these meets that I know are fucking awesome, that are great, and and could go and hang out with my friends, hang out with high-level lifters, compete against high-level lifters, and have a good time doing it. Um, do you want to do the do you want to do the comparisons now with USAPL, the little six months review? Well, or you I'll have say something else to add. I'll say one more thing there. It's, it's, I, I don't even want to. We're, we're, we're probably some people who are PA are probably saying we're signing like USAPL leaders. I'm not discrediting the fact that IPF worlds is incredible and the Sheffield likely yeah. is going to be incredible too. And that people are going to want to do that and should want to do that. What I'm saying is that if people think there's going to be a mass exodus, cause I know there are people that think there's eventually going to be a mass exodus. There won't, if these things exist, because there's too many options and opportunities currently within the States that is way less expensive that where people in Carolina can do this amazing meet people in Houston can do this amazing meet and they don't have to travel all over the world and across the country. They can do this throughout the year. It's going to keep the vast majority of people likely in the USAPL barring the USAPL does something really stupid. We're going to, we're going to see people go back and forth yeah. to an extent, but I don't think we'll ever see this. Is These meets are incredibly important. Well, I'm getting to it. These meets are incredibly important with keeping the majority in USAPL and continuing to do that long-term. Yeah, and it's it's still I, I don't know. Even like you alluded to it, like getting called the USAPL leaders by saying this, guys. If you're a part of Powerlifting America, you don't want to scale to the level of USAPL and have that many members. I cannot stress this enough to you. 
it's not a good idea. It's better for what it is currently, a venue to get into Worlds, and they do a fantastic job with that. They get to promote their lifters. Powerlifting America does a fantastic job of highlighting lifters, of creating package uh, or highlight package like combos where we get to view it. Lifters are happy. People who are viewing the sport are happy. People who are running those meets are happy. All of it works. If you get 5,000 members, you can't do that. You cannot do all the things that you're doing. It becomes more difficult. It becomes more tedious. And your meets are going to suffer as a result of it. So I actually think that maybe you shouldn't hope to scale on the level. And the funny thing is, you call someone a USAPL elitist, which I don't even know what the fuck I am anymore. I can make six episodes saying, you know, criticizing USAPL, six episodes criticizing Powerlifting America, criticizing the untested side. I'm still going to be labeled as a USAPL elitist somehow. Can we agree that Powerlifting America, people in Powerlifting America have a just a big of allegiance to Powerlifting America more so than the USAPL? Because I feel like, you remember what I said about the sni- like Gaston pointing a sniper? I feel like that happens with a lot of people who are in Powerlifting America. They're quick to defend Powerlifting America. They're quick to defend that shit. It's like, okay, guys, you're elitist. You think your federation is elite. That's, that's actually a pretty normal yeah. human instinct to... And- being a part the of the IPF worlds and the IPF worlds members are loving it because I, I, I'm not going to go into it, but I know enough that like they're being very catered to. It must, it's probably very nice. Mm-hmm. That won't happen if you have 5,000 members and your class is 10 people deep. You can no longer be catered to because you're not the heir apparent to be on the world's team. Like there, so yeah, it, it's serving. We'll get into it now. PA and USAPL are actually coinciding perfectly. Mm-hmm. There's, there's issues still. I, I mean, if we're going like IPF versus USAPL, there's issues on both sides. There's still IPF is going to continue to have issues in the sense of what I think is politics. USAPL is continuing to have issues in being their own standalone federation and creating a pro series. Uh, but in the sense of the function of both of them, they're doing a great job. USAPL, there is no one, there is no other federation on this planet. And even the people on the untested side agree with this. And I know it for a fact that can have the logistics to be able to manage 20,000 plus members as well as the USAPL does and have national level competitions to the degree and the level and the production that USAPL does. And then the IPF, obviously the benefit there is the fact that they're able to bring together the best lifters around the world from different countries for an international meet that's run very, very well. Um, And the fact is PA is working as just a, like almost like what the, the USAPL proposed. I, I learned a little bit that, so the USAPL proposed to have like a, a, a pro like federation. Do you remember what I was talking about that? Yeah. And like, okay, these are where the IPF people will lift under this federation. And then all the other people are under this federation. And so we'll want to test the pro federation and then do our normal testing for the other people. I found out the reason that's apparently got denied is because it was still going to be under the same banner. It had to be two separate things, like literally had to be two separate organizations. Does that make sense? Yeah. Actually, that was the issue and that works and that's literally what we have right now that's what we have now though mm-hmm. that's what we have is we have we have our ipf little pro federation and sense which is pa and then everyone else is in usapl yeah i i think i talked about this last year i was kind of you know naturally me being a pessimist i was actually having some sort of optimism with it i'm like Maybe this powerlifting America thing is for the best because you have people who are going to be able to compete on an international level and you have other people who don't value it as much. Like I was one of those people who really don't value international competition because I feel like 
the bulk of the competition for release myself is in America, and it is. So it works. Like, it actually it, it does work. There's going to be clashing of, of heads um, with it as well, and I think the USAPL has been on, the, uh, has been on kind of the offensive at times um, with some of the, you know, press releases or the news releases that they've made. Like, it was, you know, clear shots at the IPF and Powerlifting America where you don't see that a lot with Powerlifting America. You don't see that a lot with IPF, but like that's. I mean, the only thing I'll say, they're not, USAPL should not, they, all they need to do is the press release and leave out the yeah. name calling and dramatization. I, I will say they're, the reason they're getting to that point is there's more like sneaky stuff coming the opposite way of like rumors being spread that USAPL is tap targeting lifters are getting kicked off the world's team. And it, it's not being like announced. It's more just kind of like, behind the scenes so i, I don't want to want to say either point. is like in the right good point good point no yeah i would agree with but you as as the us as the usapl as like the one that is more we'll call it the the i don't know if there's that word for it. i don't want to call it the big brother but they should be the more they're the ones in sense with all the members they don't need to result yeah. to petty name calling that that's where they've they've gone wrong there yeah i agree um they're the ones that you know are they're the way they run is a well-oiled machine. I'm probably going to get hate for saying that because people find like something wrong with one fucking local meet that they did or something wrong with a national meet. It's still, if you are a power lifter in this sport, you have to appreciate the USAPL type of meets. And like, that's what you get with the USAPL. You don't get certain things with the USAPL that actually power of America does offer. So yeah, I think, of course, there is going to be some pros and cons, or some um, yeah, pros and cons to you know both federations, and we're seeing both of them, and kind of how we predicted them to be. Um, well, I think we, uh, I think I speak for you. We would like to see a little bit more structure as far as the pro series go. Um, and we talked about last episode the Ubu meets not necessarily being the best thing for the pro series, and then Power of the America just there's a total lack of local meets. Um, yeah. and I, I don't, I don't and see within the next year how they could really improve that. Yeah. It's going to be tough. Cause it just comes, I mean, the reason they even have local meets is because they were able, I mean, obviously they have, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, Robert Keller, who's a full-time meat director. They got Steve Mann, who's a full-time meat director. I think there's one other person like Nevada who's a full-time meat director. And mainly, mainly there, I think most of their local meets are coming from like those people. Um, I'll say two things. One, you kind of alluded to it. There is a very good argument that I think could be made that this split ended up like making everything better because one of the biggest things we talk about USAPL and USAPL kind of would refuse to do a lot of things. The IPF said is like at the local level with how many people we have within the U S and the pool, we want to make the barrier of entry low. Like I love the, the, the belt thing. Like who cares if a brand new lifter shows up in a Velcro belt? I've had that as a meat director and had lifters who in their first meet are like absolutely freaking out because they have the wrong belt and they don't know what to do and they're about like to cry because they're so scared there's no advantage to lifting in a, in a velcro belt like little things like that like i and and like allow the world level people to be treated different you don't treat uh peewee soccer the same as you do treat la liga like it's different like let let those people be treated different so i think there's almost benefit to the split um i'll say the biggest single biggest surprise and absolute shocker of all of this power of thing america being like uh, social media gurus. How, how did they end up like well, doing some, I thought not, that was, I thought okay. that would never have happened. Yeah. I mean, now you only have to pay attention to 20 people. So that makes it a little bit easier, but 
They are doing way better. Y- yeah. Well, somehow here's than the I thing. ever thought they would. Well, it's funny because they're not, and it's not a knock at them. They're not doing much. All they're doing to, is, yeah, exactly. That's the, that's my point. They're not doing a whole lot. That's completely out of the ordinary. They're getting videos of the lifters who competed at one of their meets and making a reel out of it and then putting in custom, like probably asking the lifter or them coming up with the idea themselves, like what song fits this reel? And that's all they're doing. They're not well, doing anything as far as the like, story tags. Yeah. Tagging two white lights, tagging key in the lifts, tagging the coach, catching the lift. There's so it's, it's not like yeah, it's incredibly innovative. It's just smart, smart mm-hmm. and targeted, which is what social media marketing is. Social yeah. media, mar- like you see all these like these young kids trying to like have these ridiculously complex and, and graphically designed Instagram pages, not realizing that they they have no like simplistic message and target of how they're going about it, which is what Powerlifting America is yeah. doing. Well, all right, I will say though because we say this about Powerlifting America, USAPL and what they've been posting, you know, post-nationals or during nationals was the same thing Powerlifting America was doing, that Powerlifting America got a shit ton of praise for by people. The USAPL does it, and people are like, okay, whatever. It's like, it's one of those, I, I think it is a point, USAPL is just, and it has been happening for a long time. It's fun to hate on. It's just easy to hate on it. Because it's so consistent and it's so, you know, there at all times. Where Power of the America, like, we can poke fun at it. But at the same time, if they do something that's just as good as the USAPL, they'll get more praise for it. Like, A7 was releasing great, great videos on the USAPL page. And they were recapping the primetime sessions, I thought, very well. They did you know, I think everything they needed to do, but young lifters like didn't really put the gas emoji and the flame emoji and send in the group chats as much as did for Power of the America stuff. And Power of the America stuff was just, I think, all SBD shit. So I don't know. Like, I think USAPL has been doing a good job in that sense. They're getting better with it, like much better in Daytona. Like Daytona, we didn't see anything. Um, I come out of the social media page from the USAPL. This Nationals, I think the USAPL did a, a good job. I think Power of the America definitely has a more smart approach just by getting more people viewing their stuff. But, um, I, again, like the – if you go on their page, like it's not necessarily the most eye-catching, appealing thing. It's pretty oh, – But, I mean, it's, it's – We I think we, we may have talked about this. I mean, one of the issues I think with USAPL is they're trying to target too many people on one singular page. Um, it's just – it's the same reason why every state director has their own – page in usapl like you can't you can't talk to every lifter so i had some ideas there and maybe they'll eventually take them but we'll see on that um but yeah i mean honestly i think how it's set up right now is likely what we're gonna see for a while like i i heard of i i've heard of some people that i thought were leaving now maybe not leaving like i i don't think we're ever gonna see a mass exodus where like all the top lifters are gone it's just gonna be here and there we're gonna see some people come back because like they did IPF worlds a couple times and they don't want to, they, they're ready to do something different. I, it's, I think it's just going to be a little bit of intermixing back and forth. I don't think we're going to see a mass exodus either way. They're going to coexist probably pretty well for a while. Can I bring up a really funny hot take uh, that I got yesterday on two white lights? Somebody said um, USAPL lifters don't know what it's like to travel two hours or 24 hours of traveling to do a weight cut and still put up a total at IPF worlds. I'm like, 
you guys realize that there's IPF world champions still competing in the USAPL, right? Like this isn't like this isn't like currently if you currently compete in the USAPL, it doesn't mean that you've never done an international meet in your life. Yeah, if Russ had to travel, he wouldn't have beat Delaney. He would have totaled under 800. <laughs> yeah, like Russ hasn't done it twice in his career. Like a lot of these lifters have traveled before and done it. Like they did say they said most USAPL lifters. I'm like, okay, I guess maybe if you guys are talking about like two on or maybe some of the, like the ones that didn't do junior worlds or um, when they were collegiate lifters do that. But I'm like, they there's a lot of them who've done the thing that you're talking about. So I don't really know what you're getting at uh, there. That was um, a cold take of my book. Uh, but yeah, um, absolutely right about that. Uh, and also, oh. what's up? Go ahead. I was just going to do a left floor bros ad <laughs> with no awesome segue because we can't figure those out. Left floor bros, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about getting eyes onto the sport. Left floor bros have been doing a hell of a job doing that. They are continuously making lifters look amazing from head to toe. I'm actually wearing my left floor bros dad hat that came out like circa 2020. It looks fantastic. It's camel colored. They make you look good head to toe. Tank tops, cop tees, shorts, joggers, socks. We have something. Do we have something new coming out? Because I, whenever CB changes changes his IG left floor bros profile picture, I know something's coming. Do you? Do you have? I like it. The left floor bros strength apparel. Little. Uh, Rocker sign. I like whatever I'm seeing. Yeah, well, there's a there was a collab that's coming out soon. I actually was wearing it with uh, I, I the is it the Strange Circle with Ellis McLean? Um, yeah, I think there's a collab tee coming out there. So, they, and that's also what they do. They have great collabs. I'm actually wearing my 110% shirt. They had a collab with 110%. They do it all. Left Love Bros. They sponsor athletes. They sponsor meets. Those local primetime meets we're talking about. I think Left Love Bros is sponsoring at least one. I'm not necessarily sure on um, the other ones, but the point they're is definitely they're, they're yeah. definitely sponsoring TBS. I know that for sure. Yeah. So I don't know about Carolina primetime. Use promo Let's code two WL 15. Save yourself some money on left. bros merchandise. They make you look good on the platform, off the platform in the gym, outside of the gym. They will make you look good no matter what. Also follow them on Instagram and make sure you are visiting the website as well. And also, Use code ORC15. Make two purchases this time. Hell, make three. Use Solana15 as well. A lot of athletes use codes from. Make all the purchases. Yeah, we, st- we still like Solana. Yeah, yeah we just st- make sure. Yeah. Yeah, hashtags. We still like her. Yeah. Buy, buy the dip. Buy the dip. But Buy Solana. All right. But yeah, continuing with USAPL. Uh, the communication here is terrible on this stuff. I still don't really know what's going on. Even though maybe I'm on the international committee, I think I got kicked off. I have no idea. Uh, there's, we obviously know USAPL Australia exists. Yeah, USAPL. There's now Australia. one, two, three, four, five, six more. Um, I think I know a couple of them. They're all acronyms. I think I see Philippines, Mexico. I don't know what's at CN. I don't think it's Canada. We have CR, EN, KR. I don't know which ones they are. I know one. Maybe I know Britain was being talked about. I saw I saw this somewhere, but there. Uh, oh, one's Korea. Kr is Korea because which Korea, Korea? just announced oh. Ashton's going over there. Sorry, I he is he there. is going he is going to. Uh, There's not a meet uh, that guy yeah, doesn't like. North doing. North North Korea is the the one that starts the wars. Correct. That's where Ashton's going to settle <laughs> peace. He's going with Dennis Rodman to talk to. Yeah, s- they're gonna send him right on that. What's parallel. his name? Uh, uh King Jong Un. You're 
So if I'm a yeah. bad speller and reader and all that, you're very bad with uh, current events and just basic geography. But there's not a goddamn host. I was like, the Korea part's important. We got to make sure we know which Korea Ash is being sent to. South Korea, there's not a goddamn meet that Ash doesn't do, is there? Because he's doing Corrupted. He's and doing the, the South, And he's doing South Korea, and he was telling me he wanted to do a meet in Sydney. Hey, hey, Ash, you remember the time where you're, you're talking about, like, you know, focusing more on nationals and or the finale with Bob? Maybe taking six more meets on top of this might not be the best idea, especially one, one being in Australia and one being in South Korea. Um, I kid, of course, but Ash, he, he does every single meet there is in existence. Um, and he does it to a way that's smart. But, yeah, we saw him announced. And I think lifters are getting some invites. I know for Australia I was invited to do. It's, it's an attractive thing. But I, I'm still just not loving the whole international structure because i think again it just diving too deep into the deep end i hate that what i just said it was a terrible <laughs> terrible expression but it's just they're they went into the deep end too fast and i don't know how it's supposed to be integrated i mean yeah i, I raised my concerns on that um i wrote a proposal and then then that was in january um I've never heard anything since, which I, again, I don't think I'm on the international committee anymore because I, I disagreed too much about the integration and was told the integration was not worried about yet, but they are integrating it because they announced on a press release that uh, at Australian nationals, they're giving away pro cards to the top two in each class. But one, does that mean in Australia, you can be not as good of a lifter and get a pro card as if you're in the U.S.? And then two, how does that integrate? Is there going to be pro yeah. series for each each uh, country that's separate? Are they somehow going to get a pro card because they got second place at Australian Nats and get to come over to the U.S. and compete? I have no idea how it's integrated. I don't think, I, I don't know. It, I, it, the Australia thing, at least at the local level, it looks like it's going well because I think Australians are just happy that they have a, uh, a federation or some type of meat they can do that doesn't have too much politics behind it because they're used to the Robert Wilkes and the IPF stuff. And I think it's actually going decently well over there, but how they plan to integrate this one, I do not think has been planned, but two, if it is, uh, is has not been uh, long-term planned well enough yeah. in any way, shape or form. Yeah, that's, I think the best approach to it would have been to, if you're going to open up international just to start, just have international lifters be able to compete at nationals. That was my, that was just my thing. Like it's a simple way. We saw it with, uh, with, um, I forgot I, the Japanese lifters escaping me. Uh, Fuya? Fujiyuya? No, Fujiyuya. He did it and he, uh, he had to be guest lifter. I'm like, okay, people want to do nationals. So if you just allow them to compete in the USAPL and they want to be USAPL lifters and they're from Japan or they're from Australia or they're from any country, just allow them to do it. Um, I know the big issue there was drug testing. Like how do you automate drug test these people? I'm like, okay, that's something that is a general, like a, a, a general concern of mine, but this whole international federations in other countries and there's a nationals and you got a pro card and there's no real clear way of 
having them compete in America, and on top of that, are they even competitive? Like, what, we know the best lifters in the world for the most part. We know who's a really good lifter. So we could look at a roster and be like, there's not going to be a whole lot of surprises here, and even if there are surprises, do they really come close to your pros in the USAPL? Can they stick with them? That's the concern I have. Like, there's there's ways to do this. I think I think competing in South Korea is a very intriguing thing once it's a little bit more structured. But it's it's not yet structured. So Ash is going to South Korea because he loves South Korea. He actually lived there. Wait, do we do we have proof? I really I'm do we have proof of South Korea? Because North Korea actually is more interesting. Like the variables <laughs> that would play into that would actually be one. One of the most exciting powerlifting meets in history. Oh, God. Well, speaking... I don't know. I'm going to nerd out on you. Speaking of the when the WCW went to North Korea, one of the greatest stories of all time. One of the best stories you'll ever hear about wrestling. Or, like, just period. Because they went to North Korea, like, and they kind of didn't know, like, the situation in North Korea. Then they got there, and they're like, this is the most fucked up place I've ever been to in my life. Um, so, yeah, I guess I guess said Ash and Ruska into North Korea. See what happens there. That'll be interesting. So this is the very, like, very base level of the things I, the two options I think that could possibly happen if you want to integrate is one, people, there needs to be a system set up for pro cards that has the same stipulations of the same dot scores. Uh, and if they get a pro card, they then can come over to the USA, US, US and compete in the pro series. Or two, each of these countries needs to have a pro series and then based off of their standings, there needs to be like, just like with IPF Worlds, like the US would get more lifters than some other countries because we're more competitive. Like not every country gets to have someone from every single weight class. Like there could be a certain allotted number that each country gets that then gets sent to the finale. And even though maybe they're not as competitive, that's like how we integrate into a world stage, but the finale has to be bigger. I don't know. That, that needs... That needs to be talked about we gotta sooner do, rather than later. We gotta go once around on this fucking thing, right? That's that's the th- we gotta go once around on the pro series. We gotta do it. We gotta do it once. We're gonna and again, they're gonna mess up the first time they do it. And every time you do something for the first time, you suck at it. I say this a lot. You suck at everything that you're good at the first time, and then you eventually get better at it. The this should be future planning international stuff this should be something that is like that's in the back burner like okay nail the pro series first time around or you know learn from our mistakes and then really put in full gear the second time then that's where you start seeing an integration of international lifters because that you want to create a product for them now granted like they to their credit though they're getting countries interested and they're getting a lot of people there so maybe it's just like hell they have more members. They're getting the USAPL logo out there. That works, I guess, for them. And I guess that's potentially the goal. But for the Pro Series itself, it just really doesn't work. I, I feel like, hopefully, again, I, I have some optimism that the Pro Series is going to be better next year. And some of the people, I, I, there were some people that attended the NGB meeting that I, I know of that were kind of leaning towards maybe going IPF and learn some things about the direction of the Pro Series next year. And now we're debating not going. So I have some hope there, but I agree with you like that. I, I could, I could see that as being like, let, let's just set up these federations in other countries and get local meets going so that like the, the actual like framework and logistics are there. 
And then once you have the actual pro series running well in the U S then integrate. But the, the thing that annoyed me is the fact that I saw a press release that the top two, uh, people in the weight classes at Australian nationals are getting pro cards that that's that that annoyed me yeah because uh, that is that's the polar opposite of either either one you got to have the long-term plan set up or two don't have that as an option yet until it's working in the U.S. that's just neither that's just like throwing pro cards at people and like with no idea of how that's even gonna be a thing it should annoy you too same way the ubu meets kind of annoy us it's just a meet that people were kind of just gifted pro money or money, or a spot in the finale. Um, I, it, it sounds harsh, but that's the reality of it. And people are being gifted pro cards now, too. And it's just like, okay, we don't want to make these things useless and meaningless. We want to have it to have some sort of value, because once you get it, that means it's something you can hold on to. It's, it's better than, I mean, people win first place at a local meet all the time. Wouldn't it be great if one of those local meets was like, your best overall lifter, you're a pro lifter like let's start putting a little more attention onto that as opposed to like start like oh here's a pro card for you in an australian lifter that we possibly will never ever see in the united states like i i get the annoyance yeah we'll see we'll see on that i i wish that would be clarified better because uh as the international committee media person who was supposed to announce and clarify all these things through press releases. Um, I can, I can, I can state I've never been asked to do a press release or been communicated to since January. Um, so yeah, the communication there is, is. Yep. Well, I'm going to communicate something with you guys right now, guys, girls go on hypedust.com and get some obsidian ammonia smelling salts. They are the best. Am I snorting again? The game. Do it. Yeah. I want to see. Actually, this is going to be. This is. Which one should I do? Should I do the hype dust or should I do, as Solana put it, the tampon? Uh, she put it as a tampon? Oh, yeah, she did. Oh, yeah. I put it as a Yeah, and then we got into, then we got into yeah. that whole weird butt stuff. And it wasn't yeah. weird. It wasn't weird in my book. It was it was only uncomfortable for you. I was totally comfortable with it. It wasn't. I, it wasn't uncomfortable for me. I think more Solana was uncomfortable. She's not used to uh, us openly he talking about random weird stuff. I thought she bought it up. All right. All right. Should I do I stick this up my nose or do I just sniff it? Just try sniffing it. Just try sniffing it. I actually like that. Oh, was it just a nice mild feeling? Yeah, it's a bit easier to control. Ooh. I actually all right. really like that. I actually I actually think this is the one if I if I use this, I would use this one because this one's like when you take when you have a brand new thing of like the the height dust, it's it, it hits you hard oh, yeah. if you don't like find the right bearing. This is brand new and it's a bit yeah, you were crying. Yeah, last I can, time. I can, I can control the intake a bit more with this one. So I actually like that. Yeah. All right. Well, boom. That's there. You have it. That's the best ad read you can get. A live product review as we're reviewing it. And I knew this. Hypedust.com, Obsidian Ammonia Smelling Salts. They're the best, and that's the reason why they're the best. They come out with new things, new ways to get you through your workouts or through a big PR, maybe even a podcast episode. Um. Use promo code 2WL15 when you go to HypeDust.com, and they got a whole lot of other stuff there. They got merchandise as well, and we talk about Left Floor Bros giving back to the sport. Obsidian does that as well. They sponsor a ton of meets. They sponsor um, a whole lot of lifters as well, so make sure you're using that promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money on the best-smelling salts in powerlifting. There is no argument. Obsidian is the best. All right. Um, I guess a good segue because Obsidian sponsors a lot of untested meets is uh, the untested side of things. 
We still cover the untouched yeah. side of powerlifting. We do, but it's, I mean, is it just me or is it just kind of weird this year? Like we talked about splits. I don't think PA and USAPL hurt each other much. The split of like WRPF and USPA being more distinct this year, where we definitely have these sides and these two, like these pro series that don't, I don't, really, I don't, really I don't know think they're really doing that. it anymore. I think there was an awesome proposal set up and then we haven't seen a whole lot since. Well, again, like I haven't seen a whole lot of any, like I, I like the untested side. Like, I mean, even though we we've had our critiques of like how things are set up, like I don't mind seeing some insanely strong roided up people lift some crazy amounts of weight. Mm. Like that's, that's cool. But I felt like it's been so disorganized this year that like we have the American pro coming up and I think it's a pretty stacked roster. Uh, oh, yeah, very, here we go. Dave, very stacked. Uh, Andy Wong, Dan Grigsby. Again, I'm saying names, but how many of these people actually do the meet? Because that, that's untested in a nutshell. But Andy Wong, Dan Grigsby, uh, Jean, Sean Dewey, um, one of our favorite lifters from the hybrid, Zach Myers. Uh, let's go through. Really? What do you look at? Demarius Slocum, Jordan Gerald, Chris Bridgeford, Dawson Windham. Nick Forte, is there day one men somewhere here? There's I'm, the uh, the thing with the American Pro is there's just a lot of lifters and it's actually a relatively big roster. Um, but you are you're seeing the greatest hits at the American Pro. You have a stacked roster, and it's not so, and also just as like a one digital American Pro, they're doing a fantastic job. I think on their own end of like trying to promote the meet. It doesn't seem like other lifters are giving it the same. That's where I'm seeing yeah, it. Like the community isn't doing the same because there's one thing just to pro- post on your page, but it's reliant on the community to post it. Like if we post something, like we can we can make a f- awesome graphic, we can make some, you know, cool edits. If people aren't like reposting it, it doesn't get anywhere. People aren't talking about it. And our I think I again, I'm going off of Instagram posts. Based off of the Instagram posts, there's like 70 men doing it and 10 women. It's because they only have one a, graphic for women. And I, I think that's correct because they do 56 all the way up to 100 kilo on this. We've got so we got some good people, Naomi Shepard, Christy Hawkins. Uh, but the men, Blake LaHue's in it, uh Hayden Willis, Chad Penson, John Hack, uh Ed Blair is another one there. Uh Phil Herndon. I, I don't know. Again, this it's just confusing me because like you just said, like all of these lifters, I don't feel like I knew they were in prep. That's the best way to put it. Like, like I don't know they're in prep because it doesn't, well, I just don't see anything really. Well, this that makes is, me, this I don't is, know. It's, this, it's just, it's, it seems really weird. And, and maybe our listeners can comment on this, but what, what should we hashtag that they can comment the, the take on this if they agree? Uh, fuck. I'm not good at being creative at all. Uh, hashtag. Uh, hashtag where is untested yeah yeah sure that's i mean pretty that's easy where is untested literally (laughs) hashtag us and let us know if anyone else feels this way i want to i feel like like, i just don't feel like there's much like knowledge that this is even happening or we have the raw pro in september like last year during this time the showdown i felt like was like getting so hyped up yeah, it was, and there was ESPN talks. There's a lot of crossover stuff. You're seeing that too. Petrie's doing the American Pro, right? No, Amer- Pro. Okay, 
Also, maybe it doesn't help if you guys name all of your meats the same fucking thing. <laughs> because I now I'm doing the same thing with I did with Showdown. Um, and now it's the pro. And then the USPA had the American pro, right? Or no, the pro American or something. Didn't they just have that where the uh where Juan Garrison won? Stop doing that. God, they always fucking do this to me and they confuse me. Um maybe that's a marketing thing. No one no one knows what they're doing. Either the American pro or the pro. Um, but yeah, I I want to propose a few things. One, I am a little bit more removed from the untested side more than I've ever been. I used to be actually quite involved in it because Illinois is a big USPA state. Um, I went to Surge. There was not a whole lot of untested lifters at Surge, and I was paying attention more to it. I was talking more about it. Now that I'm in Texas, I feel like I'm kind of losing that a little bit. There's, you know, a guy on the, you know, just Jamal Browner is who I interact with frequently, and... You know, that's, I don't really, I'm not in the know, I guess. So it could be that. It could be just us missing a whole lot of things because we're so focused but on nationals and IPF. Or it is. It, with, it, with all of your hot takes, are you not seeing less people talking about untested? I feel like we are. Like there yeah. has not been many of those hot takes and questions being about the untested side this year, like it was last year. You're right. Well, I think it, the big thing is kind of like that split you're talking about, right? Like, is someone going from the USPA who is say a state chair or which I'm, this is a complete assumption. I have no proof of this. I can't look at every fucking Instagram post or every social media post who would promote the American pro if they're in the USPA and have a high ranking in that. Like one person I'm going to point out, which this is not his job is just a friend of ours. And I'm going to use an example. Garrett Garrett is, a USPA guy. Um, he does a lot of stuff for the WRPF. He commentated, you know, the ghost clash with me, the WRPF meet. I Like, he doesn't seem to be posting as much as he used to. But, I mean, at the same time, maybe Garrett's just more tame because he isn't calling out as many lifters as he used to as well. So, I don't know. Like, I, there's, I don't know. I there's just, a lot of things. I, 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 would, I would assume, though, if you're a USPA guy, why would you continuously promote a WRPF meet? We don't care being in the USAPL and promoting an IPF meet because I think it helps both. But in their circumstance, I don't think it really helps promoting each other. No. And I, I don't think we're wrong in saying that like the hype and the context behind these meets are not as big because last year, even if it was WRPF, everyone was behind the showdown mm. This year, I definitely there's a split. I'm not going to say names. I think people know kind of who is on that USPA Pro Series side versus the WRF Pro Series side. And they're not really helping each other. Like, even though, like, me and you went USPA, USAPL, and the split of PA, we still talk about PA all the time. We, mm-hmm. we criticize it and we praise it. We've done recap shows. Like, I don't know. I just, I feel like the untested side, the split has actually hurt them more than the USAPL PA split. Um, I, I think that is all, all is diluting them even further when they didn't even have a good system in the first place. Also, man, I want to choose my words carefully here. The showdown underperformed as what it should have been. And I think that could be playing into it as well. The showdown was hyped a lot for a long time. And then once we got there, it wasn't the meat that people were expecting. I mean, are people getting tired of like the supposed high production and they get there and it's 
just the same singular backdrop. Um, and like, it looks like a local level meet because that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the hybrid showdown I thought was maybe a little bit better, but I think even Garrett will tell you it wasn't high production. Like oh, it was, yeah. Immediately it was, Garrett... it was a, a nice, nice local level production level. Um, the ghost clash well, was definitely seemingly local level from what I could see. Well, uh, the showdown last year was local level. I want to point out the, the one that I think got the highest praise was hybrid because Garrett was putting the live stream crew in a right position where they can be successful. And they're a talented group of people to be successful in it. And they, you know, the ideas were well articulated and they were thought up beforehand and they were able to practice and rehearse. That was probably the best meet that you and I worked just as far as like being on the same page with everyone. I was on the same page with Garrett. I was on the same page with, um, was it Candace? I believe her name was. Yeah. Candace. Um, and you know, Anna, so like, that really worked, and I think that was a like a big step for untested powerlifting, and I think it outperformed Showdown is what it was, you know, which is a great powerlifting meet. So it could be something along those lines, but yeah, but like American Pro is four weeks away, and I just haven't really seen as much. Um, and I know my, and uh, the venue is supposed to be fucking sick. I mean, this could be the one that turns it right because uh, I was talking to Micah uh, when I was in Vegas. That venue that they're using, it's not the shop gym, but it's something that can actually yield a really cool meet. Um, you know, taking a little page out of the TBS book, VIP tables, so people have got that. I don't know if I'm commentating this thing. Um, I would like to, but apparently they have, like, a, a like a rafter for us, um, like a gantry, like, you know, kind of overlooking the action, very similar to the shop, um, what they did with the Virginia Pro. So I, I actually think that, this this could turn it because it could uh, potentially i mean uh, you you could be right there potentially it was because of the low production value of the showdown i would say the live stream looked good as far as like the roaming camera um there was some issues they had to get worked out we talked about a great lanes last year but i i think uh I, I think it's just like the overall look of Showdown doesn't have that special feel to it, where I think Micah and the people doing the American Pro are really going to try to get that special feel and look to the meet. So we'll see. Four short weeks away, um, that's a, that's an episode we're going to have to do a preview on, and it's going to be hard because it doesn't feel like people are people are posting as much, and there's like kind of just a lot of lifters doing it as well. So we're going to have fun with that one. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we're going to – I mean, the the – the roster is stacked, so we're for sure going to do a preview show. <laughs> it's just one of those things, though, too. Where it's just, it, hashtag bad journalism came to be because of the untested side, because the roster is never what you think it's going to be. Like, I, I wonder who's actually doing it. I mean, I, I at least assume Blakely Hughes doing it. He just got posted about. Kirsten Skurlock just got posted about. Hack just got posted about. Christy Hawkins just got posted about. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I agree that I think between A1 Digital and then the venue and what Mike is trying to put into it, it could be really big. But I think you're on to something in the sense that I just don't feel like the lifters are promoting it. I don't know. I, there's just There just doesn't seem to be a unity of like promoting this meet, even though I think it could be really, really good. Yeah, I agree. 
Well, something that always lives up to the hype is Stoic. Ladies and gentlemen, go to lift.net and get yourself some Stoic gear. I wear Stoic in the gym and on the platform because it is the best. It is quality and is the best bang for your buck as well. So you're not just paying for the logo. You are paying for the quality as well. Use promo code ANGELO10 to save yourself some money on all Stoic gear. Singlets, wrist wraps, belts, knee sleeves. They will have you covered, and you won't break the bank doing it. Use that promo code Angelo10 on lift.net. All right. Closing out the show here. This has been an enjoyable one for me. Um, yeah. I just, it's like, you know what I, 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 I liken this to be? We have to get, we have to get to go on dates again. We've been too busy. Mm-hmm. Our relationship has been yeah. a, a bit distant. And now we get to have our dates again. Cheris is working tonight. I don't know where Elise is, but. They don't need to know about not this. Here. They don't need to know that like, we're, we're just hanging out and we're not even romance rec- is back. We're not even recording. That's the thing. We're just no, doing we're this. Just yeah, we're, we're not even recording. I don't. Right I don't. You, and we're we are. I don't know if this is going to go on YouTube, but we there's no there's there's no proof. We either of us have pants on. Nope. None at all. I'm actually. That's why. That's why only we do chest up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just make yourself comfortable. Yeah, that's, I mean that's what it is for. Uh, this is these types of episodes for me. Just something I could talk and. Because uh, you know, everyone loves, everyone knows that I love talking powerlifting, and um, and to not do a recap preview, in spite of me enjoying them, there could be a limit to what I enjoy. But yeah, um, also it was funny. Somebody brought up that we had to, we we were writing on a content, so we had to do the hot takes, and I'm like, I'm glad it took you this long to figure that shit out. <laughs> Whenever we do a hot take, <laughs> hot take day or hot take thing that we run out of content. I'm like, yeah, there's no fucking content right now. So we have to create our own and it's from you guys. So pats on the back to most oblivious person in the history of powerlifting. I congratulate you. Yeah. As well as that, I mean, well, you talked there, uh, you already brought it up. We'll talk about it now. Um, pretty much all hot takes. Well, there was one that you didn't mention that I'm going to bring up is everyone hates to quit powerlifting and everyone hates Sean Noriega, mm-hmm. apparently. But there's a lot of people that like you got tagged in uh was it Kevin Wynn? You're the most annoying person in powerlifting now or something. No, that was who Lugo. was it? No, Lugo was being a bitch. I was Lugo, making, Lugo, Lugo. No, okay. Yeah, was, I he was, just, making, was he doing that on purpose? Yeah, I was because I was making fun of Lugo because that's what friends do. They ruin each other's day. And I was I was kind of going in on Lugo pretty hard, just you know, I was in one of a mood and one but uh and I kept on fucking with his Q and A's and his anonymous, like obviously leaving troll things so he put me there but he was such a you know fucking bitch that he couldn't he couldn't tag pug or nabil which those are the two true most annoying powerlifters was nabil and pug um they took that title they might they might be second and third now to uh mr physics to mr physics i get along with that guy believe it or not like i actually do we have good conversations about things He's just fucking wrong on the take, you know? Like, it's just a clear cope that he can't do it on a stiff bar, and he has to make an excuse. I don't know. If, yeah, it could be talking, like, way... But like, Nabil and Pug at least, like, actually compete in free lifts. Uh, yeah, no, Pug... All right, so Pug, I get along with very well. I think he's a great dude. Pers- same thing with Nabil. Um, Pug is more like the athlete's representation of annoying. He trash talks a lot. He makes a lot of promises. Nabil's annoying on a lot of different ways, too, that could kind of get into a personal thing. Like, 
his soft ass deadlift and him trying to claim it was a good lift. And it's our insecurities that make us call out bad lifts. That is probably the biggest contradiction. I think it's an insecurity you posting again about your fucking soft deadlift that everyone and their mom thought it was soft aside from the two judges. Yeah, my mom literally messaged me because she saw that on TikTok. Yeah. And she doesn't know anything about powerlifting and said it was my soft. Mom, my mom messaged me and was like, why is that guy in every background video of every powerlifting event that's ever took place? I'm like, I don't know, mom. Good eye, though. And in spite of your old age, <laughs> you you caught Nabil yeah. in the background of every fucking powerlifting video that has a big lift in it. Well, speaking of hate, maybe I'm biased, so you can answer the question. You said, like, everyone was just getting so pissed at Sean. Sean doesn't do the things that other people do. Like, Sean is pretty civil. <laughs> he he is very – I would say, I mean, yeah. for the most part, um, he doesn't make excuses post-meet. He says he's got, uh, he says what he's going to do different. Uh, he He did. He used to. Not as much anymore. What I'm getting to is it's more – Sean's fanboys could oh, be yeah. the most annoying in powerlifting. Okay. And that's why Sean gets so much hate is because of his fanboys. That makes sense. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I could say Russ on the other part too. Like speaking to Russ personally, like I when people say negative things about Russ to me, I'm like, you guys are really talking about his fans, which fans and everything are annoying. Hack too. I think Hack actually talked about it when he was on us. Yeah, when he was on the podcast with us where he was like yeah, it's like sometimes it can be really fucking annoying, like the Keiko thing. Like the, they posted, uh, you know, some der- not derogatory things, but kind of diminishing Keiko's IPF world win and compared it to John Hacks. And he's like, okay, shut the fuck up. Like this is not a cool thing for you guys to do, and it makes me look bad in the process. I agree. Yeah, the hot takes, um, the hot takes were mostly, I, which I, it was anonymous. I, I, I didn't think people needed to be anonymous for this. Equip lifting sucks and Sean Noriega sucks. I had to only post the ones that were like the OG ones because if I kept on reposting them, it'll just be all the hot takes in the world that day. It just had to do and with I, Sean and equip lifting sucking. I was disappointed because I, yeah, I don't think like they were any different. Like they weren't any uh, more controversial. I mean, they were the same exact takes you get anyways when they're not anonymous. Yeah. Well, cause like, I mean, both of the, like, as someone who coaches Sean, people have no issue commenting in a post, just like yeah. destroying him. Yeah. On YouTube. Like very, I've very YouTube, publicly. I've been seeing a lot of YouTube videos right now. Like just, just absolute trashing on them on the, uh, the recaps. Uh, uh, I mean, I barbell brigade, by the way, shout out barbell brigade for not posting me at all in that, uh, recap. But, um, the, the, uh, the comments are just pretty much, derogatory about Sean. And then if you look at good lift too, which is actually a pretty sweet page on YouTube. Um, they're kind of recapping a lot of lifters. They took mine off. I don't know what I did to YouTube, but they're just not fucking with me. <laughs> they t- I had mine up there and they took it off, I think. So that's good. Yeah. You get that same thing. A lot of shit talking towards Sean, even to go on Russ's recap, a lot of shit talking on Sean. It's amazing. It's one of those popular things to do is shit on Sean. But also I want to get to the equip thing too. Guys, the equip takes are starting to become a little bit redundant. We get that you don't like equip lifting. Now it's to a point where I'm almost starting to become an equip stan, where I'm like, equipped isn't that bad. I actually enjoy equip lifting sometimes. Actually, single ply, I do enjoy. And especially the top guys, I actually enjoy watching them lift. I think they're really good lifters. Like, 
the it was it was a thing that I think uh, people just got too a part of the bandwagon and the echo chamber. Like, oh, equip lifting is uh, hating on equip lifting is hot in the streets this week. Let's all do it, and now I'm done with it. Because no, I don't think equip lifting should be removed from powerlifting. I actually like it. I don't yeah, think I have no. I, I don't think top priority overall. Contrary lifting, to think, yes, but I like. Contrary I to things like we equip. say, that people think we say, like neither of us have ever said get rid of equip lifting. We just think it should be separate and treated as it is. And if it was, it's it's cool. Like the World Games and IPF Worlds, especially at equip lifting, that is incredibly high level lifting. Yeah. But I enjoy it. It too. just should not be. It should not be tried to be created equal. But yeah, I don't know. Well, the well, the funny thing is, like the hot takes. Then we're refuting all the hot takes towards equip lifting, and the. <laughs> sorry to say, this is just. I'm not saying this is a trend or a stereotype of equip lifters, but all the equip lifters' responses were riddled with poor sentence structure and spelling errors. Like, if you think equip lifting so easy, you do. I'm like, all right, I don't. That's not a hot take, but uh, you can, you can post that if you want. I'm not gonna repost it by any stretch of the imagination. But that was a lot. Of, then the hot takes turn into that too, which is people responding to hot takes through the hot takes. I'm like, this is not how this works. And actually, I, I think the anonymous part of it, it was a bit of a letdown. No one was really going. I got a lot of them. Yeah, it was honestly. It was I'm clear. so sick of the anonymous stuff. Yeah. I'm, oh yeah. You're. I, I'm, I'm, uh, if there's one thing I hate Sean Noriega for, it's his fucking anonymous story posts. Get it out. <laughs> Cut it out. If somebody could have made a got no one made a hot take about that. I should have done it because it would have been anonymous. No one would have known it was me. Hey. I'm sick of all of them. Done. Yes. We're done with it. I'm sick of He does everyone. them the most. Him and Petrie do them too many fucking times in, in succession too. They do it repeatedly. It's a... At a point, I'm like, I don't need to know about your alcoholic dad. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I don't want this in my life right now. Yeah, I don't know. I just like I will not do a reel. I will not do any anonymous uh, questions on my Instagram. I refuse. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Also, people try, and also on the hot takes, I think this is a good third. Um, people try to really like, I think nut hug me with the deadlift bar take. I wanna, I wanna be clear. I don't dislike the deadlift bar deadlift bar is fine but if you are a drug tested lifter and you're setting records in a drug tested federation if you don't do it on a deadlift bar you ain't shit or you don't do it on a stiff bar you ain't shit that's the point it, it, it just has to do with drug tested lifting the best drug tested lifters do it with a stiff bar so you could match your records with a stiff bar as well yeah, okay. if you go over to USPA drug tested, set a record on open powerlifting for drug tested and say you're the best drug tested deadlifter in the world, you are not because that all the best drug tested people are on a stiff bar in the USAPL and IPF. And they go to the USAPL IPF because they care more about actual like totals and other titles, nationals and worlds. That's why they're there. They're not there to break individual records to be a filter lifter. And that's what those, that's a lot of those lifters. That's kind of more my debate. It's like anti deadlift specialists, anti filter lifters, where you're only good if you turn on the filters of open powerlifting. Um, like, I, I want to make it clear, even Dan Grisby came up to me at Corrupted. I mean, he, he was very friendly and, um, he, and it wasn't hostile at all. But I'm like, no, 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 dude, I'm okay with the deadlift bar. Just, 
if there's a clear set standard in drug tested powerlifting that's a stiff bar, you should follow it. And if you don't, you ain't shit. Um, I mean, we can go further on that, right? USPA drug tested, I think, is a is a, a, an okay drug test federation. How about AAPF? What if I did that? What if I deadlifted 750 pounds in the AAPF? And then, you know, I'm, I'm the best deadlifter ever in my weight class. There, people would be like, you, you did it in a stiff bar and 24-hour weigh-in or um, a same-day weigh-in. You should hold yourself to that standard. So that was the take I was trying to get across was drug tested stuff. And also deadlift specialists are the most cringe group of powerlifting. I, yeah, pretty much. I said, and there's a, there's a difference. Deadlift specialists who try to get better at the sport are okay in my book. Guys like Ina, who's a clearly a deadlift specialist, the dude's trying to work to get better at the sport. Nick Manders, too. Um, he's trying to win titles. He's trying to improve his You. Goal. Yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, you were a deadlift specialist that is no longer a deadlift specialist. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. We can throw, yeah, I can throw my, you can throw myself in there, too. If you're a person who just cares about deadlift record, I, dude, you're... I, you're not really respected amongst your peers as much. The the only thing I'll say, I actually I think someone may have posted this. I wouldn't be against a deadlift nationals in USAPL. I because yeah, there. I don't know. I actually I don't I don't love it. I don't know if there's a bench. You, you think there should be a bench nationals and not a deadlift nationals? Uh, who said I think there should be a bench nationals? <laughs> So exactly that's what I'm getting point. to. Yeah, exactly my point. Here's the only the thing I don't, I, I think it's cringe to an extent, but here's the only thing is that those deadlift specialists get more people outside of powerlifting watching powerlifting yeah. than arguably anyone. I actually think a deadlift nationals or deadlift only, like, honestly, it would probably even be better on the S's side to do like a deadlift super meet. That may get more attention than any meet ever. If you're, you had Jamal, Dan Grigsby, all the people going over and doing deadlift bars, get you over on a deadlift bar, all the top lifters doing a deadlift only super meet with huge cash prizes. That honestly could be the most watched meet in history you're because right. of the general population appeal. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I actually do agree. And it's one of those things where it's uh, almost frustrating to me where I'm like, I always say, you know, people got to focus on the total they should work to focus on their total. And then you see the deadlift specialists get the most amount of clout. And it's like, shit, the people are buying into it. Say what you want about Nabil. Fucking, he's popular. He's popular on TikTok. He's popular on Instagram. People are inspired by him. I like, I don't, I think he's a rather pedestrian lifter um, who's not even that good of a deadlifter when you give him a stiff bar. But people enjoy the, the stunt lifts, people enjoy the single list stuff. They enjoy it more than the total. It's just a fact, and it sucks. But you're right. If I did a deadlift-only meet, I'd probably get more clout, more views on it, and possibly get paid more. Um, it's, a, I, yeah. it's a shitty reality, I guess, to come to grips with because I was so anti that for such a long time. I'm anti how it's per some of the people portray it, but, like, Dan Grigsby doesn't portray it yeah. like in the same light as some other deadlift specialist people. I just, I honestly think I'm surprised it hasn't happened that some, someone on the untested side hasn't put together a big deadlift only money meet, because I honestly think that could be the biggest and most watched meet general population wise. Yeah. Isn't a uh, Liam, because 
Uh, the, Liam's doing the American Pro too, and Johnny Kaufman yes. is doing it too. It's because of the yes. polls. But like when we do these, when we did the hybrid, what did everyone care about? Yeah. No, you're right. I just wanted to see Jamal deadlift. When is Jamal deadlifting? When is Jamal deadlifting? What if we just did a meet where Jamal just deadlifted? Yeah, they're always and Liam just deadlifted, and Dan just deadlifted, and Nabil just deadlifted, and you just deadlifted, and, and Russ just not like, I honestly, Nabil's I honestly think that, that would be the one of the most watched meets in history. You're right. And, ugh, fuck, you're you're picking me and getting me like agreeing with you, and it bothers me. But you're right. It would be it. People love the pull, and I always. And it's funny because I think I actually could credit a lot of my clout, my pull only, and I'm so against other deadlift specialists or people trying to build clout through one lift. And like, ah, oh, shit, that was me for a while. But you, I will say it again. People would view one lift, and that that lift is the deadlift. Um, I mean, fuck. I mean, I had to commentate a bench only meet. Right. So, I mean, an IPA bench only meet. So, like, I think the deadlifts could be the new wave of uh, single lift stuff getting into like a nationals or, I mean, the pro, I actually think it's cool. Um, there's ideas you can build off that as well. Um, oh, there was another hot take uh, there's, uh, that I kind of want to talk about because this is a hot take that people actually liked. And I think it's one of these ignorance things in powerlifting and it's reducing the, nationals roster size to like the top tens or the top 15s. No, that's an excellent idea, guys. If you want nationals to not make money, it needs more people. Honestly, there wasn't enough people there. This year. They lost money. I th- I believe the USAPL lost money off this. Meet. They usually do, but it's not even about money. No. It's about spectators. Well, the time well, exactly the time I think they made money was 2019 when they had the juniors competed in 20 uh, along with the open lifters that yeah, 100% juniors should be people back. were there yeah so 100%. next year they have to have the juniors there you want to have more people in nationals you could continue to up the national qualifying total the thing is because people are now complaining that the nationals qualifiers are too low guys they were raised the thing about this sport which is a great thing when you put a goal in front of people people surpass the goal because they really want to achieve in that goal. If their goal is nationals, which is an excellent goal to go after, they're going to probably accomplish it because that's what happens. People get stronger every year and they get insurmountably stronger. It seems like. And the nationals totals now, I definitely do not think they should be raised because the ones in the past, anyone either one could hit those the first time they ever did a meet or two, could eventually hit those. The Nationals qualifying totals right now for the open class, they are at a point where there are some people, no matter how, how hard they work, they will never actually be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah. They do. They will never be able to hit those totals. They're actually, I mean, some of those totals are to the point where that would have been like top five to 10, five years ago. Um, but I was, I think me and you both talked about, we, we were semi on the bandwagon of making Nationals, at, maybe at one point we were semi on the bandwagon and making it a bit more like, uh, exclusive, and then we we completely went the opposite way, realizing no, we just need people there. This is the ignorance thing I'm talking about. I was just like those people where I didn't know what, how the USAPL will get their money or how other federations will get their money. Um, if you want a good nationals experience, it has to be a lot of people. People are not flying out to power of the meets and watching them. They're not doing it. People are gonna. The reason why nationals is gonna get a good amount of audience members, which this year, I'm being honest, was not 
as high as I saw in 2019. 2019, there was not a fucking empty seat in the house for primetime sessions, and none of the primetime at all the primetime sessions it was packed, the fucking rafters, and that's because of the amount of competitors who were there just wanting to watch a competition and, and raw and raw only and raw only. Yes. Not only was there juniors, there was a thousand people that were raw only. This year, I assume that probably the equip lifters weren't sticking around to watch primetime, and so if we take out equip lifters, there's maybe six or seven hundred raw lifters. Um. We need the juniors back. I, I really think the juniors need to be back because we need the spectators as well as I don't, I don't, maybe this is an excuse. Maybe Vegas was a bit too hard to stay long-term versus it was a little bit easier to stay for the week at, at Lombard. Because if I wasn't coaching, I don't know if I would have chose, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I'd say there. I don't know. There, there was definitely not as many people there though well, this year. Yeah. That's spectating. It, it's kind of a hard thing to sell, right? Like Vegas, there's everything to do in the world and, I mean, I'm at a point I really did just want to go and not see powerlifting because commentating, competing. I mean, I even the days that I had off, I was still doing the powerlifting thing. So it was, you know, I, I probably would have took a few sessions off, maybe a primetime session off just to go and relax and hang out. And it's much easier to hang out and. Vegas as opposed to Lombard, Illinois, because it's like, okay, do I want to go to a restaurant? If I even go to a restaurant, I could. So watch. Prime yeah, time. I mean, that could be a that could be a benefit of putting it at a place that does is not Vegas is like we want people to yeah. stick around and watch all the lifts. But still. Do Vegas. Again, sometimes. They're no, I, I don't I don't want them to do Vegas okay. again because it was too much. Still, it's, that is still do Vegas. I can't I can't say no to Vegas. It's my it's my place. But Chicago's your place, too. It's not like Vegas. That's telling you that right now. All right. All Vegas right. is too damn good. I'm sorry. I love, I, I like, I like the city too much. I just can't. I, every time I go there, I'm like, I can't, every time I go to Vegas, I can't believe it exists. I can imagine a city like Chicago existing Vegas. I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. This entire existence of a city is ridiculous to me. It's built on sinning and just, and I, I have a blast every time I'm there. Um, I'm not saying next year. I know, and also I do like the uh, aftermath of um, us suggesting locations. And it's like again, like you look at people, like you guys are just picking destination places that might not be the best place to have meets at. Like you don't really know until you go there if it's a good place to have. Is Miami a good place for a meet? A big national meet? I. I don't know, but knowing Miami, it's going to be hard. And we'll have more failed drug tests. I mean, if we didn't have a lot of failed drug tests in Vegas, I would say Miami would have to be less, right? We actually, we don't have the information on that. All right. Yeah, we don't yet. Yeah, we, we don't, don't have know. them. Yeah, we, we don't know what happened. Uh, I, I mean, it's Vegas. So uh, we have a lot of positive COVID tests, though, apparently. apparently everyone, oh, yes. Everyone's Tons. Had, <laughs> apparently that was the most positive test uh most definitely. If we have enough, if there's enough failed drug tests as, as COVID tests, we're in trouble as a federation. Um, felt like there was one thing I wanted to add on to here um, before we ended. Yeah, I, I guess it is just kind of like the ignorance factor of um, of not understanding the sport. Because I, I was definitely like, I, I said top 25. I said top 25 one year. Top 25 could only be at nationals. Just going based off college football for some reason. Or all NCAA sports that's based off top 25 but then i'm like no it 
really doesn't work. All, oh, yeah, this is the point I wanted to get at. Also, one of the interesting things, which I thought was interesting, you're a numbers guy. I don't know if it's interesting to you. So I think there was 36 competitors in 82 and a half this year at Mega Nationals in the open side, open raw. I think the lowest dot score that someone who registered a total minus bombing out was like 450. That was last place a 450 dots in the 82s. Yeah. I And I think yeah, 36 lifters, I think 34 have a registered total. Is it not kind of crazy to you? That you're th- No, I mean that's incredible. You're in last place in nationals if you have a 450 dots and you're talking about raising the qualifying total. Like, there's a lot of lifters yeah. who are happy to walk away with a 450 to 475 dots, and that gets you, like, 20th. One, when do you ever say that to in powerlifting competition? Yeah, I got 20th. You can't say that at any Five, other competition. 500, I'm going to call 15th. 15th was 499.92. I'm just going to call that 500. 15 people got a 500 dots in 82s. Good Lord. Yeah, that's exa- and you want to raise the qualifying total. Well, no, don't do that. You kind of might, you might rob these other people from – just a good experience. And that should be the goal. I think for, for the every lifter, the goal should be like, if you're starting out in the sport, your minimal goal should be to qualify for nationals. 75s, 450 all the way down to 39. All right, there you go. Right? Like we're getting good quality lifting, no matter who you're seeing here. So, I uh, so. I, don't, I I I thought that was the coldest that it takes that a lot of people were in agreement of. And I'm like, yeah, you guys don't really under. And then you're gonna get the the, the lame backdrop meets that suck if you do that. I mean, I guess that's what Powerlifting America does, but they had the live stream to kind of pull it and also worlds kind of go along with it. So, um, yeah. But um, that'll do it, I think. Unless you have something to add, Steve, for this episode of Two Highlights. No. All right, a nice 90-minute classic. I got to love those for editing. Um, So next episode, Joe Stanek will be on talking about my meets at Nationals, doing a little coach-client confidential. Also, Gabby Martinez will be on the show very soon as well. We have a lot of guests lined up. And, of course, me and Steve got to have our date night. So we're going to have a lot more of those episodes coming up. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.